0: Blog Talk Radio. I roll with, <laughs> with my team and my team has been chasing. Been working all night, to be getting the paper. 24-7, my city don't sleep. I've been going in every day of the week. We going over time. We gotta stay alive. We waited for this, we go with suicide. Time ready to start. Hit for this. Hands in the edge, you created creating for this. We shoot for the stars, but my shooters don't listen. I ride with my team, and my team are team chasing. Still working on that, so be getting this paper. 24-7, my city don't Every day of the week. I've been thinking and taking this right, let If you think you can take this right, come with me. Come with me. Tell the universe.
1: Sarah, are you on the line?
0: Yes.
2: Yes, I'm here.
1: Oh, my apologies. My apologies. I, uh, we just had some technical difficulties um, with Block Talk Radio. Um, but here we are again. Um, let me actually restart everything. Um, my apologies for that. Uh, you know how Block Talk Radio could be when we have these amazing uh, guests that come on. Um, but like I was saying, um, <laughs> when. Uh, I guess uh, blog Talk was messed up. Uh, we are actually honored to be a uh, media sponsor uh, and partner for uh, CE Week, uh, which is uh, partnered with Get Geek Events. Um, so it's a huge technology and computer event on the East Coast for everyone uh, to go check out uh, CE Week and Get Geek Events. Uh, so thank you guys for sponsoring us and allowing us to be a partner. Um, June 23rd is the actual event at Metropolitan Pavilion from 6 to 9 p.m. For everybody to go out there and check out the latest uh, technology and gadgets that's out there right now, Uh, we'll be out there um, enjoying ourselves. Um, Like I was saying earlier, uh, Sierra Thurman uh, is actually a native of Chicago, Illinois. She was raised in a gang-infested neighborhood where high crime rates and drugs were considered the norm. From a young age, Sierra was determined to make out the hood. Her family's transition to the suburbs and a full athletic scholarship to play Division I basketball was her ticket. People know her, describe her as an old soul, loves to exercise, but only to combat her cravings for Southern comfort food. Sierra is currently a police officer armed with a master's degree from Loyola University, and she prides herself on her dual education, bookmarks, and street smarts. This resilient young woman is determined to not allow her past to dictate her future. She's an author, publisher, and motivational speaker. And when she's not writing, she enjoys cooking, traveling, and a healthy dose of reality shows. So it's an honor today, guys, to have everybody. Uh, I am your host, Vickens Moskova um, of Omnipresence Media Podcast. Uh, Sarah Thurman, thank you so much for uh, being here today.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh my pleasure! You're doing amazing work out there. Um, being from Chicago, uh, come out there, uh, come out of that hood is is a is a statistic and a, a stat on its own. So uh, much respect to you and everything you do. Um, for people out there that, for people out there that may not know about uh, you, is there anything you want to let them know or share with them so they could a uh, get a bit more info on you?
2: Sure. Um, well, as you said, my name is Pierre Thurman, and I'm an author. And my main message in my book that I'm really trying to push and get people is not to become a victim to your circumstances. Basically, where you started is not where you want to finish, and allow your journey, That is set as your growth.
1: Um, that's an excellent point. Because um, uh, as I'm sure we are aware, um, just in Chicago last weekend about 49 or more people were taken out again, but that wasn't on the news. Um, But, you know, the Orlando shooting thing is kind of taking over. Um, Being from somewhere like that, um, how are the people actually able to cope? Um, Is is your book a a way to kind of help heal the people?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad because, the state that we're in right now, all the shootings and everything, we're living like in a war zone, like an and zone. the killings are becoming normalized. So I, I just really want to try to reach our youth. those That's actually my main target audience for the book, because if we don't reach them, it's like we're doomed. Uh, everyone needs to be accountable and stop placing blame and pointing the fingers about who's fault it is and... Just just be accountable. In your own way, we need to do something, whatever that something is. For me, it's writing, it's um, just trying to get the youth more involved, more positivity, team building, helping with self-esteem, things of that nature.
1: Yeah, that's so important, especially um person to be able to take out a person um, that looks like them Um, Something has to be mentally uh, wrong with that. Um, uh, What what do you think is part of the uh, root cause that kind of creating this kind of war zone? Because Chicago is just one of the main examples today, but um, there's other parts of the world outside the country, but there's places like Newark or, you know, Compton or other areas like Florida that are going through similar things, but it seems to be focused in uh, certain communities Um, Even like St. Louis, right, what what do you think is, like, part of the issue or root cause that's creating people to hate themselves so much that they could kill their own brother or sister?
2: And you know what? I think that's basically it. We are systematically taught to hate ourselves. And because we don't love ourselves, we don't have a problem with pointing a gun at a person that looks just like us. We need to really focus on our self-esteem and learning to love ourselves. And putting God first,
1: right, 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 um, and um, you mentioned uh God, uh do you feel that um maybe uh the church or religion is part of you know the issue of people not knowing themselves, or how did they play into this because there's black churches all over? I'm sure there's a lot in Chicago, yeah,
2: but we we're we're not as grounded. You don't have necessarily have to go to church to um with I attend Trinity I attend a church, but you don't necessarily have, have to be in a church home. I feel like when you're around like-minded people, um people that are more spir- spiritual, then you may grow more, but you don't necessarily have to go to church. You can just pray more, you can read your more, word more and just really develop your relationship with God and whatever or whatever God that is that you praise. Spirituality right, for me has right. been everything because I know it's, it's not because of me that I've come this far and been as blessed as I've been. He's purely just moving this thing forward and using me as a vessel to do it.
1: Oh, likewise. And I'm so thankful Um, we could come together as vessels and um, spirits under the Most High uh, looking to provide a better example and solutions for um our people out here because it's a uh, – the epidemic and it only becomes an epidemic when um caucasians start to realize that they're in this as well because um even me myself there's there's you know not only the killings with guns and weapons but also with the drugs and pills and lean and the opiates mm-hmm. and everything like that that's on uh, generation. Um even people in my own class, uh, 03 O three and Wilbur High, uh there's you know, people dying left and right. Um do you feel that these drugs are part of the, you know, what's getting people out of their mind basically? Because it's not natural to like for us, especially, we're, we're peaceful people when we're in our right environment. Um, How do you feel the drugs play into this?
2: Well, ultimately, whether, whatever your advice is, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, Um. It's, it's a, a million things that it can possibly be, but it basically boils down to the fact that we're we don't love ourselves, and if we focus more on that piece, on more on that component, on finding ways to just be happy and love ourselves and appreciate
0: mm-hmm. the things
2: that we do have in life, I really feel like a lot of this, these shootings, these killings, the the drug epi- epi- ep- um, epidemic, the alcoholism, um, all the gang banging. All that wouldn't be. If we really loved ourselves, we wouldn't be focused on that.
0: You're we right. We need to put we, we, first
1: be and focused. we need to
2: really focus on loving ourselves.
1: Yeah, so I 100% agree with you, and I'm sure there's millions of people out there that will too, and that should definitely get your book. Um, can you uh, get into your, your books uh, a bit and let us know a bit about them? Because I know everybody's wondering where they can find them and, you know what what inspired you to to really write and sit down and take the time to put in
2: definitely definitely. Um, my book is entitled My Life, the one he never got to witness, and it's basically a letter I wrote to my father who was murdered by Chicago police when I was a little girl. Um, wow. And it it was hard for me to put those feelings and emotions on paper, but I basically wrote a letter to him explaining. In your absence, this is everything I endured, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And ultimately, I want people to, you know, be inspired by the story. Of course, they can relate to what's going on with police and community right now in this time, but I really want them to get the message, don't become a victim to your circumstances. And my life wasn't all bad. Yes, there were struggles, um, but I overcame a lot. With the help of God, with the help of my family, we were able to push past a lot. And if they're interested in purchasing the book, they can go to my website, com. That's C-I-E-R-R-A-T-H-U-R-M-A-N.com. I um, know all social media is the same handle, Sierra Thurman. It's also available for those um, interested on Amazon and Kindle, Barnes and Noble, things like
1: that. Oh, amazing! That's amazing. Um, so, so you, you said the Chicago PD um actually uh, murdered your your father. Um, what was that like? How did that come about? Was was he doing something that they felt, felt that was unlawful, or did no they actually kinda... um
2: he was murdered inside of our home. He was shot five times in his back, and he was unarmed. So no, he wasn't doing anything unlawful. My father wasn't, uh, um, uh, you know, an angel by by far, not at all. We all have our flaws, but no, he didn't break any laws or anything like that. And I I talk about it in my book. Um, There was a lawsuit that was filed, but then there was a twist to that. That's in the book, and then I go through, you know, just. How was, like, for me growing up, always wanting to be daddy's little girl and never feeling or knowing, you know, that dream never being realized. And at one point I had to make my mind and say, okay, my daddy's never coming back. Me, my mom, and my brother, we have to figure this thing out. I need to be strong for my family of three. And that's what I did. I basically helped my mom raise my little brother and... I, I pretty much grew up quicker than my peers.
1: Right, because you had no choice, and um, you had to become your own support system, which is pretty much unfair uh, for anybody to have to go through. Um, and that, that's why I'm so thankful you could come on our show and share one of your healing tools, because, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing these hashtags today. Um all the time with uh, Black and Negroes' names attached to them, Um, you know, people getting shot by cops. But the thing is, they're also shooting and killing themselves, in a sense. So it's not only police violence that's out there. When people are doing the same thing to themselves, how can they even point the finger? Um, But uh, it's unfortunate that it actually you know, continues to happen. Um, So what actually made you or, or like, you know, allowed you to to even become a police officer? Is it like you wanted to instill change or or what?
2: Right. I basically turned my pain into my purpose. Instead of um, placing blame, I decided to be the change I wanted to see in my community. And one of the ways that I do that is with my, with policing, it's just helping people. It's, it's not too often that you see a person that looks like you in your community. There's a, a more sense of trust there. So again, like instead of I could have been the person that hated the police, um, but I didn't look at it as it was anybody's fault. It was like okay, this is this is this is where we at. You know, we can't we can't go back. Let's just move forward and. I wanted to be the change I wanted to see in my community, so I decided I was actually I started off teaching, so I have education. Um, I was in the education field, and then I switched over to policing.
1: All right, excellent, excellent point. Um, because we, we definitely uh have to stop pointing a finger at people because um, as like a lot of people in my network realize uh we, we definitely need the police uh to do their job and to be out there protecting and serving. Um we just gotta make sure that everyone is informed and, you know, uh knows, uh you know, is trained properly to for different situations. Um because for example, like that twelve year old boy in a park uh that got shot in point three seconds. Um and and then you see like um with the Orlando shooting, it took like three to eight hours to go get the people, or however that situation happened. Because now U.S. Today is saying that some of the police shot somebody. Peeped the, comes in there. Um, th- there's a discrepancy. Um, with with different things in our community. Um, how 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 do you think uh police in Chicago can maybe uh uh unite with the community to kind of maybe curb this, uh, these excess killings or whatnot, like what, what programs are, are are going on that may be able to help or bring this to a calm?
2: I think a lot of it has to do with just the access to guns. The wrong people are able to get guns in their hands and there's a lack of leadership and respect for authority but pretty much, police officers day in and day out—they're already doing it. You may not see it in the media; it may not be covered. But they, we're we're doing it every single day. I go, I leave my home every single day, and I put my life on the line for my community. And that's not thing that you're looking to get a reward for or praises for. But it's already happening, you know.
0: It's, right, right. The,
2: the the relationship, you know what I'm saying, is um is not as bad as is often portrayed in the media because you can have a personal relationship. And I know, for instance, um, the communities, and some of them are are extremely poor communities, but you just get to know the people in, in in the area that you're policing. So I'm getting out of my car. I'm walking the beach. I'm talking to the different residents. I know what time this Um, student gets out of school, and I know that his mom is having a hard time, so it's just those things, just really getting to know the residents and the people that's in the community and building a relationship, so when something does happen, they're not afraid to call you. They actually want you to come and help. Right, that's important. Just having that simple trust and respect
0: on both ends.
1: That's a, that's a great point um, th- because, yeah, a lot of these uh, police uh, communities or uh, departments, they, they are in sometimes in communities with officers that don't look like the community or can not relate or, you know, th- there's a little gap there um, in relation- right, relating. Right. Um, so like you said, um, they're afraid to even call the police when things arise and they try to take things into their own hands because they feel like they're not going to get help. Um, so that's an excellent point that you make that, that you're able to actually do. Um, even um, in Woodbridge, uh, we have recently started seeing more black cops and everything like that. And it's a bit more comforting. Um, you know, the things we see, like you say, in the media definitely kind of like try to sway our judgment and make us feel a certain way towards people. But when we come in, we we relate and we speak and we get to know each other and we realize that we're humans. Um,
2: Exactly. That's what it basically boils down to. The police in your community, they're people too. They have families, they have husbands, they have wives, they have children. You know, at the end of the day, and once you get to that personal, you get past the uniform, you get past the gun on their hip, you get past the vest, all the equipment, at the end of the day, they're people just like, you know, We're all just ultimately human, and once you get more personable, you are able to relate better, and you just really get to know each other.
1: Right. Um, That's definitely true, but it seems like there's a lot of police officers, whether they're black or white, that have this arrogancy about them, Um, and there's a lot of people, even in my network, that are realizing these officers even though they have an oath, they aren't necessarily following the Constitution, and they're actually um, impeding on people's natural rights. Um, Like, I know you're trained to be a public officer, but how, for the people that understand law in my network, like how, you know, realistically, you know, when the police are under color of law, Um, and the people are being treated like 14th Amendment citizens, how are we honestly supposed to really come together? Because I'm not sure if they trained you on the law and everything like that. But um, the the police uh, are actually private contractors under admiralty law. Um, And people are actually 14th Amendment citizens, three-fifths human. So they actually... Um, The police are actually hired uh, to protect the people's property, but the people, the humans are actually the property. Um, How are we going to get past that?
2: I'm not sure where you're getting that information from. Um, We receive a lot of training, um, but I'm also, I'm not the spokesperson for the department. So I try not to Mm -hmm. get into the police um, piece too much. I like to focus on my personal experience with, you know, what I experienced growing up, and that was the reason why I wrote the book. Not because um, I wanted to be the spokesperson for what's going on right now in the community with the police, but I can just speak to my personal experience with that. I actually cannot
0: talk about,
2: you know, my department in particular and touch on certain topics, because then that would be me in trouble. But... um, Anything that you want oh, to discuss yeah. as far as the book is concerned and my experience, we can definitely touch on that. But I can't do um just wow. generals and say, well, all police are like this. Oh. Because that's not the case. All black people aren't the same. All people, period. So just putting those qualifiers before it and making those assumptions, that's something that I cannot and will not do.
1: Right. Um, now you say you get – into the book, um, and your father ha- actually had a um a case. Um, did the lawyer uh, actually allow you guys to um win that case? You don't have to like get get too personal into it, um, but because um, they act, you know, that's a horrible situation. Um, but they took out um an actual life and property uh uh human being. Um, they should have gave. You know, they can never repay you in money that will pay um, to, you know, pay that back. But what was the resolution or remedy that they they had for their mistake?
2: Right. So there was definitely a wrongful um, death lawsuit filed. We won the lawsuit, but um, in the twist, we didn't go home or walk away with any money. And they would definitely have to get the book to um, find out what happened. But, um
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: ultimately we didn't walk away with anything. So how do you win yeah, the lawsuit, but you don't walk away with any money, any type of payment right. for the life that was taken unjustifiably?
1: Right, because you probably you have to put the um the lawsuit on a UCC one financing statement. So whatever outcome of the lawsuit would have went to you guys because you would have put a lien on it. Um, that's actually one of the issues that a lot of lawyers don't, um, tell people, but, um, that's, uh, I really, uh, we definitely have to speak some more, uh, sometime, uh, in the future because your story is amazing. Um, but our show is coming to an end now. Um, but I definitely want to thank you so much. And it's just, I, so thankful that you can, uh, find a courage and a, an inspiration to help others through your, um, your experiences in life and, and to go out there and put your life on a line every day is definitely commendable. And, you know, we're definitely sending uh, protection and asking our ancestors and everybody to, to look out for you and continue to make sure that your community uh, becomes better and better. Um, so thank you so much, Diara. Um, is there anything else you want to let the people know before we uh, conclude for today?
0: Um,
2: pretty much that we just really need to focus on our youth and whether that's getting them involved with more sports programs, um, just extracurricular activity in general, because at the end of the day, Idle Mind is a devil's workshop. My grandma used to always tell me that. So for me, it was sports. I was able to take out my aggression on the court. Uh, we just need to get our youth involved. We need to all be accountable and really just help out with that. And so I want to say thank you again for having me on your show. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks again. And um, have a really safe and amazing uh great rest of your uh evening and day. Uh and thank you. Thanks again, and I really appreciate you. hmm
2: Thank you, thank so you. thank
1: you. Uh-huh. So there we have it, our omnipresence media audience. Thank you so much for listening and sharing and, and uh coming on. Uh definitely appreciate your uh listening. So continue to uh, be great people and inspiring, and listening. And uh, you know we have amazing, great messages here today on the line from Sierra. So please, really, really please take those to each, uh, because the children are really the future. Um, those jobs um, almost are lost, and and if the kids could be in a place like this today, um, not to put the thing blame the cuz we all got their responsibility. responsibility. Um, but something drastic has to go down through uh, help the community. So if you want some assistance from somebody that's actually doing it or, you know, has these these different experiences, play the show and uh, go buy uh, Sierra's book right now and uh, support and and tell your friends because there's something going on in our communities right now and we um, definitely need to reach out and support each other and help each other out because if we don't, I don't know if you realize by now, um, nobody will. And I'm not looking to spread, uh, any fear or anything like that, but if we don't wake up to truth and reality, then I mean, we might as well just like, you know, stop. Um, quick story recently, uh, put uh, Russell Simmons on a interview with, uh, Apple TV. Um, so they recorded in his house or whatnot, but during that interview, Um, because he's a big vegan and yoga and all that kind of stuff. Um, They were asking him about animals and everything like that. And they, and, and people and the way they eat and everything. And he was asked like, what can we tell the people to kind of like help them realize they got to change even the way they eat and think and everything. And he basically said to kind of let them know that they'll just die if they don't change. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of fear mongering Russell. Thanks. But at the same time, he's right. We see all the people dying of diabetes and this or that. Something goes down. These people are going to be the people that going to have to be left behind, you know, like, but thankfully we live in a great society where we can go down like that. We have, you know, but we have to really wake up to what we can do. Um, as far as preparing our families and our futures, um, for, uh, some positive impact. um, So, like, uh, I definitely want to thank uh, CE Week and Get Geeked uh, events for uh, allowing us to be media sponsor uh, for the event that's happening this June 23rd at Metropolitan Pavilion in New York City. Uh, So, definitely everybody. um, I might be sending out some free tickets and passes, but uh, go to the website if you want uh, passes. Go check out my website at vickensmoscova.com. That's v i c k e n s m o s c o v a dot com, and uh, get some uh, you know social media marketing services Uh support another uh, you know melanated business. Um, I definitely uh, looked up the word uh, black and I cannot call myself that, but um, definitely go to my website, uh, check out my services. Thank you for listening this far. Uh, apologize for the uh, block black radio discrepancies earlier. That's what happens when you bring on amazing guests that have amazing uh, information and uh, stories to tell. Well, uh, sometimes the unseen forces kind of want over the back. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, thank you again for listening and have an amazing rest of your day. Uh, this is your host, Vickens Ponskova, shouting you out from Omnipodist Media and to